I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business education. What's up, Dog Nation? First of all, thank you there to King James Ben Real. Uh, for the new intro bumper music. A lot of new things here for Dog Nations before the edges tonight. I uh, feel like I need to bump, buckle my chin strap, and I need to take a knee, be thankful for everything. Looking around this beautiful new studio, palatial new studios here at Cox Enterprises, Cox Headquarters. We are the guinea pigs, I guess, with our first Dog Nation before the hedges show brought to you by Kroger. Hear about all things Georgia football and Georgia football recruiting. First of all, let me extend a happy welcome to everybody joining us. Thank you so much for making your time, making some time every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. to talk about the latest and the greatest and the buzz right now going on in Georgia football recruiting. We've got a loaded show for you today, and we've got a lot to get to. Of course, the Big Five will come a little bit later in the show, but first of all, we're going to start this one off right with an appetizer, if you will. We're going to call these maybe the Mini Five. Kind of five things that come to my mind right now that, you know, stick to me for Georgia football recruiting. Perhaps not big enough for the big five, but certainly newsworthy nonetheless. And let's start with the first one right here. This is the passing of a DGD. That would be Q. Everybody knows him as Q. Uh, Georgia's beloved mascot passed away earlier uh, this week peacefully in his Savannah home. Of course, he won two natties. But um, of everything we can talk about here on our show this week, I think that one is probably the most important. Makes me want to think about a quick second of silence here for Q, but Q passed away. He was born in 2013, 91-18 record, two SEC titles, the 21-22 and college football national championships. He will always be remembered as a damn good dog. And guys, I don't know it's, if it's that time of your night. If you're watching the show right now, certainly uh, it's, a, it's a time to say salute to a really impressive, incredible dog. Got to photograph him a lot on the Georgia sidelines. That's Q. Uh, certainly appreciate his impact on all things Dog Nation with everybody. Now, second thing I want to talk about here in the Big Five, we got a lot of things to cover. One of the things is... I think you guys are going to like this. I saw this on social media. I want to bring it to everybody's attention. Are you guys familiar with the Real uh, Real Talk podcast? It started out with Ryland Gody, and then it was Tate Ratledge, and then it was Zion Logue and Tate Ratledge, two, four really good dudes there. If you've covered Georgia football, you know about how good they are. And now for season three, this kind of feels like true detective to me a little bit. They've added the eccentric, the international man of mystery, Brett Thorson, the guy with the funny tweets, the big leg, uh, Brett Thorson, um, joining Tate Ratledge. If you want to say harm and leg, maybe that might be a working name for their podca- podcast. Harm because you've got a big road grader offensive lineman. Leg, of course, obviously for Brett Thorson right there. Real Talk Season 3, if the show is half as funny as Brett's tweets, it's going to be a good listen to as well. Again, with our mini five, let's talk about this right here. This is ranking seasons where a lot of the final services, 24-7 sports, Rivals.com, on three, they give their final industry ranking. Some of those have started to drop. They've had about two weeks to process and churn everything since the All-American Bowls and the All-American Games. Look at this one right here. One of the high flyers, one of the big risers, Chris Cole. Super young man. He's been on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger a lot. Um, 24-7 sports game hit gave him a five-star. Shades of Quay Walker in the 2018 class. 
Quay Walker picked up a late fifth star after evaluation season after the Under Armour All-American game. Chris Cole, another Georgia linebacker, rated as a five-star. A very impressive boost and well-earned there for Chris Cole as well. You see his tweet right there. He's got the uh, phrasing earned above it, and I certainly agreed with that. Uh, Fourth thing to get to right here, I thought this was really cool. And normally, we might be breaking one of our Dog Nation rules here, our Before the Hedges rules. We know you good folks do not want to hear about freshman prospects and 2027 prospects because you guys are going to be like, oh, man, come on, Jeff, that's so far away. The guy will commit, decommit, all this stuff before then about two or three times. But we're making an exception here for 2027 tied in Mark Bowman. No, I'm not talking about the beat writer for the Atlanta Braves. I'm talking about the young man out in modern-day Santa Ana, California. Here's quick reset. Mark Bowman, 6'5", 215. He made the Max Preps All-American freshman team this year. Uh, runs about a 4'8 already. Already wears number 19, California Dogs, California tight ends. But now look at this seal of approval here from Nathan Frazier. We've got – that's the All-American running back, of course. He says, uh, I know y'all will never disappoint – Go show baby Brock some love. And I had to, I had, you know, Nate's a really good dude, super guy to interact with, super guy to cover. But I went like baby Brock. And then Nate came back with a with a clarifier. He's like that, Jeff, I promise. So a DGD, a great seal of approval here for Nate Frazier. About a 2027 tight end, Mark Bowman. You guys are going to read about him this week on dognation.com. I promise to you guys as well, like Nathan Frazier's doing right there. But interesting, 2027 tied in. The guy wears number 19, and his teammate, who's on his way to Georgia, signed in the 2024 class. He calls himself, he calls him Baby Brock. So that, if that hasn't wet your appetites, if that hasn't gotten your tummy grumbling for more Georgia football recruiting news, more Georgia football recruiting talk, I don't know where else you're going to go on a Wednesday night. You guys have been here with us. So thankful to say, so grateful to say, going on six, seven years now here at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night before the hedge is brought to you by Kroger. What does that mean when I say Kroger the third or fourth time? It is big five time. We do big five. Somebody asked me this. Why do you do big five? Are you trying to be the 11 o'clock news class, newscast? Are you trying to be like you're still in J school or something like that with Grady News Source? No. What we're trying to do, there's five minutes of conversation really for any Good recruiting topic. Topic. There's also five stars the industry gives these recruits in terms of the very rare air, rare level. So we figure out we're going to break this show up into segments of big five, five big things you need to leave this show with each and every week on all things Georgia football recruiting. Let's talk about number one right here. It's kind of the headline part of the show. Something that I've been looking at a lot recently is who's winning, Georgia or the transfer portal? What I've decided to do, for instance, here's a good talker. Alabama had the nation's number one recruiting class in 2023. They had about eight, nine, five stars. They were chasing uh, Texas A&M for like the industry record. And now that class is decimated. The roster, even though people can say, oh, Alabama had a number one recruiting class in 2023. Zap. No longer applies. Much transfer portal churn. Much... um, degradation, um, you want to say, of the recruiting class. A lot of those players are no longer there, so much so that they really shouldn't hold the title of the number one recruiting class in 2023 anymore because Nick Saban has retired and those players are gone. So I started looking at it. 
year by year, like how's Georgia holding up against the transfer portal? Very interesting here. I put together some graphics. You know, I'm going to try and crunch some numbers here. I'm calling it Georgia class depletions. And by and large, I know they've got 24 signees and maybe I think seven to 12 of them will play a major impact on the 2024 season. But by and large, you're looking at these class depletions and the 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023 classes will largely dictate Georgia's on-field success. Look at 2020, the number one class in the country. They signed 25 guys. There's six guys remaining. Now, not truly a transfer portal read. It's a lot of things. It's um, NFL defections, early entries, guys like Keely Ringo, um, guys like Jalen Carter, guys like Broderick Jones. Uh, there are six signees remaining off that class, and you'll probably know a lot of them. Nazir Stackhouse, Carson Beck, Warren Brinson, Tate Ratledge, very key, very core guys. Now look at 2021. That's the COVID class, the class that didn't have any official visits. They finished third overall. Georgia signed 20 guys in that class, and only seven remain. That's counting guys like Brock Bowers, Kamari Lassiter on the way to the NFL, but roughly that's a 66% depletion for the roster in 2021. 2022, take a look at that. The numbers kind of continue to intrigue right here. The 2022 class, Georgia really got hammered on the offensive line, not some really great evals, had to take some guys that were projects. A lot of those guys didn't work out. Out of the 30 signees they had, only 16 signees are remaining. That's almost half the class, and those guys haven't even spent 18 months in Athens yet. 2023, that's the most recent class. Georgia finished Second overall, 26 signees, and there are 23 signees remaining. I've got a great, great piece of information here. I wanted to know, like, hey, is that different from anything else? Take a look at this. These are the numbers for Ohio State, very comparable program. Their 2020 class, they signed 25. They've only got eight remaining. 2021, they signed 23. They've only got 10 remaining. So that kind of feels a lot like Georgia's class kind of indicative of the big picture of college football. 2022, they signed 21, only 14 remain. That's 33% of their class there as well. Georgia's is a little bit higher there. And then 2023, they signed 21 Buckeyes, and only one of those has transferred out. 20 of those guys remain. So that's a good look. You know, that's a lot of raw data I'm going to hit you with. But what it tells me, what you guys should know about that, is it is a different era. I think Kirby Smart said something a while back that – you really only expect to get these guys on campus for two to three years. If those guys aren't playing by their second or third season, then they probably do need to move on to find another place to continue their career. That's how some of those, when you hear everybody talk about this school, that school stacked up, number one, number two, number three recruiting classes year after year. Folks, nobody does it better than Georgia. Nobody retains their players that are going to contribute for the dogs better than Georgia. And you're still seeing that type of attrition across the board. And then you have an apples-to-apples kind of comparison with Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes. That program is also seeing lots of churn, uh, lots of depletion of its signing classes. And look, Ohio State's been a top five, top three recruiting class year after year, just like the dogs. The reason I didn't use Alabama per se And that example now is you have a kind of a seismic change in the history of their program uh, with the retirement recently of Coach Nick Saban, the great Coach Nick Saban. Guys, interesting stuff to look at there. I always try to bring you something a little bit different here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. And that was your number one item on our Big Five. Moving on right now, guys, we've got our second, second part of our Big Five right now. And, you know, this guy – 
We try to give you a Dog Nation conversation every week, and this is one of the core commitments of the Georgia 2025 class. Um, his friends call him Bo. Maybe his teachers and academic advisors call him Bowden Walker. Cedar Grove High School's factor back. Had a chance to catch up with him recently at Hustle, Inc. Tryouts. That's the prolific 707 uh, 707 outfit team organization in Atlanta. They do a lot of good work year after year. I can remember when Richard LeCount III was on that team way back when. Trey Blunt, a lot of great guys, a lot of great dogs. But you want to hear the latest here with Bo Walker, state champion, uh, co- dev- devoted commitment to RBU. You want to hear from Bo Walker. You want me to stop talking? Let's listen to it right now here on Before the Hedges. Here today, man. Hustling tryouts. I think this guy's going to make it. Uh, Bo Walker, Cedar Grove, state champion, Georgia Bulldog commit. Bo, big day yesterday. What, what, what do people need to know about what excited you about being with the class a little bit yesterday? It was kind of fun, you know. Then I know the coaches, the whole staff, it just felt like a good environment. What was the basketball game like? It was fun, man. We, we almost beat the number five team in the nation, but we lost. But it was a good game, a good atmosphere, too. Everybody has a different version of what their recruiting looks like once they're committed. What does yours look like? Are you going to just visit Georgia? Are you going to go see other schools? Do people have anything to worry about? Like, what is your what is your recruitment going to look like? I mean, I'm really just focused on you know the next year, next year football. I'm really I'm locked in with Georgia, but I'm worried about the next high school year. So that's what it's looking like. What do you got to get do to get better, man? What's your, what's on your goal list? Uh, you know, my pass blocking. When you become a three-down back, you know, you can be in every down in the game. So once I get my pass blocking really locked down, it's going to be gonna be a good. Boy, I heard, like, the meet, the day yesterday went, like, offensive meetings and defensive meetings. What was that offensive meeting room like well, yesterday? You know, offensive coordinator, we met all the offense, the wide receiver coach, top to bottom. It was just a, I felt like the offense out there was just like my high school, so I'm going to fit really good in it. What you think about the new additions to the coaching staff? Was there some juice off that? Yes, sir. You know, we got the Alabama safety coach, so I feel like that's a good that's a good coach. And we got a cornerback coach. So, you know, we're bringing in coaches to win nationals next year. Who do you want to play with? Like, is, is there 2025s that you hope Georgia recruits well and signs? Like, who yeah, else do you want to play with? I want to play with Warren from Westlake, big old linemen, trying to get him. Come home. Big Juan Gasson, huh? Yes, sir. Why, Big Juan Gasson. You got a message for Big Juan? Like, how do you want to run behind Big him? Juan, you know, we play with Red Breed together, part ball. So, you know, let's let's bring it on to college, man. Let's finish it together. Anybody else? Any other playmakers you like? Who are you going to talk to? Uh, you know, I really want Juju from Carrollton to come up there, get quarterback. He's going to fit in really good. Man. What was the story of your recruitment? I remember talking to you when you were like a ninth grader. Mm-hmm. And I said, Bo, let's put this in our back pockets. If you can go anywhere in the world, I think you said either Florida State or Georgia. I think it was Florida State. How did Georgia overcome everybody? How did Dale do it? Well, you know, Georgia always been a school in mind. So because my, my family always liked Georgia. One of my friends go there, so I always like went to one of their games. So once Dale McGee came to me and we just started bonding, it just felt like home with me and my family. So got locked in. There's always a group chat of all the commitments in the class. Mm-hmm. It happens every year. It happens for 15, 20 years. Who does it feel like is the leader of the 2025 class right now? The, the commitments. Oh, uh, you know, it's really all of us. You know, we all put in. We, we text every day. So I feel like everybody a leader in there. Who's another guy that you think really cares about the class and really works hard for it? Is it like a guy like Justice? Is it a guy like Ethan? Like what Yeah, my guys? man Ethan, man. Ethan funny. It's good people. What do you like best about being a Bulldog? You know, we win. We got good atmosphere, it's a culture, and I just, I just like being around the culture. When it's a culture, you, get, you win games, and I just feel like that's good. 
So you're yes, you're at yesterday in Athens. This is my last question. Hanging with Dell. He knows he doesn't have to recruit you. So what's that like? Is you just chilling with your future coach? What's yeah, that you like? Know, just, you know, we're just really bonding. We don't really get to see him. So going out there, I get to see everything, the class, the building, the field, the coaches, the weight room. So I just feel like that's good. And, and see me and my family go down there all together so they can see it too. What was Kirby like yesterday? Did you get a chance to talk to Kirby? Kirby funny, man. We was at the game together. He was chilling with my little brother, me and him at the basketball game. So he a good coach, man. He funny too. Bo Walker, you got a message to the fans out there? Hey, go dogs, man. Go dogs. Thanks, man. I usually try to make uh, the last question the last question, but I had that Drake thumping in the background. I kind of lost myself for a little bit. Um, of course, if you're wondering why that is, these these seven-on-seven seven teams, football teams in general, they go through practices. They have a soundtrack now. So that's why you heard Drake uh, in the background right there. Really cool thing. One cool thing I liked about that uh, interview is you heard Bo Walker talk about his pass blocking. Little known fact, not maybe not a fans realize it, that the number one thing that keeps – really big-time running back prospects from getting on the field is their blocking. they got to be able to protect the quarterback. It's really cool how Bo's already kind of taking it on himself and taking some ownership to get a lot better at that his senior year. He's, Jeremy he didn't talk about other schools. He didn't talk about other visits. His senior year, he's going to spend working on his football season at Cedar Grove. That's always a great, a wonderful juggernaut program in Ellenwood. Uh, in DeKalb County. So really great, great chance to talk to Bo Walker right there. Hope you guys liked it. That was our Dog Nation conversation this week on Before the Hedges. That was number two, and now let's go to number three on Before the Hedges. And you know what? We're, we're kind of not done with 2024. Um, you're like, Jeff, hey, man, what's going on here? Well, there's Georgia's been out. They've been out visiting Terry Bussey Jr. That's the 2024 number one athlete in the country. He's a five-star Committed to Texas A&M, still committed to Texas A&M. And if you ask a lot of people, maybe he flips, but that might be to LSU. He might stay with Texas A&M. But, yes, them dogs are still in the hunt. Dante Williams has been recruiting him for a long time. That's the former USC uh, defensive backs coach. Now he's in Athens. Terry was an Under Armour All-American. Uh, prolific high school career. Kind of th- threw for about 40 touchdowns, ran for about 40 touchdowns. His senior year, I believe he had like 17 touchdowns through the air. He had a lot of yardage, over 2,000 yards passing for his career, 2,000 yards rushing. Georgia sees him as a corner or his safety. Terry Bussey will be in Athens this weekend on his official visit. Watch for that. Wait for that. I think really the starting line on Georgia's chances there with Terry Bussey Jr. have to start with that official visit. Let's see what the chatter's like. Let's see what the buzz is coming out of that official visit to Athens about how they can turn Terry Bussey's um, eyes towards the state of Georgia, playing in that defensive backfield. He could play all over. He's a tremendous athlete. He's a guy that you know he can go and get uh, 10 points, 10 assists on the basketball court. Uh, he's a state champion. One of the smaller uh, communities you will ever imagine in Timpson, Texas, and he's a very good one. Got a chance to kind of visit with him, hear about him a lot at the Under Armour All-American game, and he feels like the type of player that would fit in very well there at Georgia. Let's see what happens. He's gonna. He's still committed to Texas A&M. LSU is in there big, like I just said. But also, he's going to wait and sign on the first day of the traditional period. I believe that's February the 7th, February 9th this year. So Georgia's got a little bit more recruiting to do in the 2024 high school class. But they've also got another guy in the 2024 kind of portal class. Let me take you to Benjamin Urasek. First of all, he's a – 2020 uh, recruit out of uh, Bakersville, California. 
man, I, when I think of the mo- when I think of the town Bakersfield, California, I think of the movie Best of Times. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Kurt Russell, Robin Williams, just a classic football movie. But uh, this guy, Benjamin Urosek, kind of the class of Bakersfield. Let's take a look at him right here. Uh, he was a Mackey Award kind of finalist or watch list earlier in his career at at Sanford. Uh, Benjamin Urosek, uh, 6'4", about 240. You look at him, he's got a strong career. Um, he took a visit to Georgia recently. He could come out of the transfer portal. Number six overall tied in in the portal. Number 100 overall guy in the portal total. Um, you look at his high, Look at his career stats in Stanford through four seasons. 108 receptions, 1342 yards, five touchdowns. He would be a kind of a grown man, an older, more mature body. Georgia likes to get in that 12 and 13 personnel with its tight ends. And maybe that might give uh, guys like Lawson Lucky, um, Jaden Riddell, Colton Heinrich, uh, and then also Pierce Sperling a little bit, a little bit more time to kind of grow on the vine. Uh, with Oscar Delp, of course. Of course, there's a big missing piece there with Brock Bowers for Georgia, Todd Hartley's 2025-2024 room. But interesting to watch, you know, Benjamin Yurasek, if he does become a dog, you guys are going to just get hysterical laughing. His high school recruiting kind of photo is one of the more funnier moments. He kind of makes – it kind of makes uh, – kind of makes, if you want to think about it, his high school recruiting photo, that's it's online, you can find it. I'll show it to you guys. Should he commit to the dogs out of the portal? But it kind of makes I don't I guess Hot Rod Rodrigo Blankenship's high school photos look like Lorenzo Lamas or something like that. If if Lorenzo Lamas is not is not too dated a reference for you guys, you can also think about uh, Thor from the Avengers movies. But kind of makes him look like that. But Benjamin Urasek, Georgia's still got some potential work to do in the portal. Benjamin Urasek, he's out of Stanford. He'd be a graduate transfer. Uh, Big body, big veteran of college football, and he just visited Georgia earlier this month as well. He was there for a junior day weekend, I believe, right there. So Georgia's still after two targets in the 2023-2024 recruiting class, recruiting cycle. So job might not be done. You know how Richard LeCount, we mentioned him earlier, he used to say, we're not done yet. Uh, dogs are not done yet. Dogs are potentially not done yet in the 2024 recruiting cycle. Speaking of big five time, that was number three. Let's move on to number four. Um, you know, one of the things that's interesting right now, I'm already watching it. I think it's fascinating to watch it play out. Let's take a look at this tweet first. Ryan Montgomery, he was in Athens on the 22nd. Six foot three, rising senior. He's a junior quarterback out of the state of Ohio. His older brother is an offensive lineman at Michigan, uh, or Ohio State, excuse me. And this is a guy that... He's been around big-time college football. He's been visiting Georgia for a lot of years, but he visited Georgia on the 22nd. The early reports coming out of that business, that visit that I've been able to kind of accumulate so far is, is that visit went better than expected. Uh, and Mike Bobo, I've been told, is actually going to visit Ryan's basketball game on January the 31st. Very interesting there. Ryan's decision probably is going to come down to Florida, South Carolina, and Georgia – that was a great visit. They even got to speak to the head man, Kirby Smart himself, before Kirby got in the helicopter and started visiting all across the state of Georgia and the southeast. But Ryan Montgomery, he's a four-star. He seems probably he'll be on the big, he'll be on the top targets again. But he's like the number twelve, number fourteen quarterback in the country. Had a strong junior year. Got kind of got matched up with the right system and the right offensive coordinator for his talents. 
and he kind of took off. Georgia's been recruiting him for a while. He's been fond of Georgia for a while. I remember the family telling me that they went to watch Georgia practice, went up for a practice last fall and last spring, excuse me, and they were like, whoa, this is different different than any practice they've ever seen before. It's such an incredible practice and to just think about them telling me about it. it makes a man's IFB want, want to pop out of their ear. But that was why Georgia has kind of been lodged into his mind about a great place to grow, a great place to develop, a great place to flourish. And now Georgia kind of, kind of came back into things there with Ryan because Dylan Raiola flipping out of the class in 2024 to Nebraska – Georgia only took one quarterback. That's Ryan Puglisi in 2024. So it means Georgia is back in the 2025 quarterback business now. Ryan Montgomery is a very interesting name to watch. Also a name to watch is Julian Juju Lewis. Everybody knows him. The the prolific um, quarterback. He recently reclassified from the 2026 class down to the 2025 class. It's actually, I've been told, Julian's original uh, class growing up in grade school. He just went back to his original grade. Uh, he's actually even announced this week that Julian announced this week that he will not only be able to reclassify to 2025, but he'll be able to be an early enrollee in January of 2025 as well. Juju is currently committed. Everybody knows him as Juju. Currently committed to USC. I think that recruiting is not over yet. Does Georgia get in it? Is Texas in it? Will Alabama have a say finally in all that? Be very interesting to see right there. But I think the dilemma here to talk about in quarterback is does Georgia and, you know, Ryan Montgomery could make a commitment within the next four to six weeks, maybe even sooner. Do you take Ryan Montgomery now or do you want to play that long extended game with Julian Juju Lewis? Julian's currently committed to USC. We know we've been told that there will be a significant NIL portion of that recruitment, do you take a 2025 who's really stinking good like Ryan Montgomery, or do you want to sit there and play long game and deal with high bids and higher bids for NIL with Julian Juju Lewis? That's what Kirby Smart and Mike Bobo get paid the big big bucks for. Uh, Julian Juju Lewis will also uh, be in Athens on February the 3rd for a junior day, and also Georgia's going to continue a recent offer out of Pennsylvania big strong-armed quarterback. They recently offered he plans to also be in Athens this weekend as well. So Georgia's doing some quarterback shopping already. Maybe I should say quarterback looking already, kicking the tires on a few very high-profile quarterbacks in the class. Montgomery, that news right now is interesting. There's some buzz off that visit. The other thing to think about there is, is maybe you don't go for Juju. Maybe you think about 2026. And the number one quarterback in 2026, Jared Custis, just visited Georgia in January as well. That visit went amazing. Georgia probably has established itself as much as anybody can be with a 2026 recruit as a team to look out for in Jared Custis's recruitment. Kind of got a, a lot of Josh Allen to his game. Very big, dual threat, six foot four, powerful arm for Custis. So high stakes poker, that's what it's like recruiting quarterbacks at the highest level. And that is a good Big Five segment right there on your quarterbacks. And now, last but not least, we've got one more element of our Big Five. And we would be remiss if we didn't at least discuss, we can't say the elephant in the room because he's no longer part of the Crimson Tide, but we can say the Buckeye in the room, and that would be one Caleb Downs. Uh, This time a week ago, we recorded this show. I think the news, the tea leaves, the intel – was sounded pretty good about Caleb Downs with the dogs. All that changed 
quick as a hiccup, as much as things can do right now in the big stakes world of college football recruiting. Uh, Caleb Downs went to Ohio State. So that kind of got me thinking. Because everybody knows that really cool line from uh, The Wire. Omar would always say, you come at the king, you best not miss. Well, Kirby Smart and George's recruiting staff doesn't miss a lot. But it got me thinking because it was a swing in the miss on Caleb coming out of high school, and now it's a swing in the miss on Caleb Downs coming out of the transfer portal. I think right now in my mind's eye, I think, I think Caleb Downs is probably the biggest recruiting miss of the Kirby Smart era just because of how good of a player he is, how good he looked his freshman year at Alabama, leading Alabama in tackles. But that was not only a miss in high school, but a miss out of the portal. And there's been some pretty big names. And I kind of, when I was researching that point earlier this week for our show, I kind of came up with some names. I want you to take a look at them right now. Here's a quick qualifier because we had some really good feedback in our control room and our production staff prior to the show in our pre show meeting about, you know, hey, what actually constitutes a miss? Well, a guy like uh, Jameer Gibbs is a great example because Jameer Gibbs might have been an evaluation miss, but that wasn't a Georgia miss. My definition of a miss is when Georgia brings uh, the thunder. They bring both barrels. They, they, they engage the Georgia recruiting machine with visits, with priority, with we want you, and then the recruit decides to go elsewhere. I'm actually uh, given a – and I know one of, the, one of the immediate names I thought of was I thought of Trevor Lawrence, but then I thought about – well, that one was kind of mucked up a lot by the previous staff. I'll never forget that dog night when – Georgia and quarterbacks coach then um, Brian Schottenheimer did not uh, offer Trevor Lawrence coming out of dog night, even though Trevor looked better than then Georgia quarterback Bailey Hockman and then Georgia commit both two quarterback commits, Bailey Hockman and Jacob Eason. I thought Trevor was the best quarterback that night. He left Athens without an offer. And I think that was really, really did some damage, especially as well as Clemson was recruiting him and as long as they'd been recruiting him as well. I don't think I think I'm going to give Kirby and his staff Jim Cheney an incomplete on that one because they really didn't have a whole cycle, a whole lot of time to shoot their shot on Trevor Lawrence because um, that one was kind of already kind of harmed uh, by the time Kirby got to Athens. I think one of the, I think one of Kirby's visits, one of his first couple of visits when he got to Athens was he went to go see Trevor Lawrence up in Cartersville. But here are the names I kind of thought of: Derek Brown, 2016. That was another guy that he ended up going to Auburn. Very late Kirby, they were really trying to, to pull off a miracle. That was kind of like Georgia trying to pull off a third and third and 20 in that recruitment, but Georgia missed Derrick Brown. Those early Kirby smart teams would have been a lot better. Perhaps they would have gotten over the hump against Alabama in the 2017 season, the 2017 national championship game in 2018. Will Anderson is another guy that, you know, I kind of sit there and everybody everybody goes back and forth, but at the end of his recruitment, you know, the 2020 story, everybody's going to bring up B.J. Ojolari, Mikhail Sherman out of, out of Maryland, and Will Anderson. Well, Dan Lanning really had one outside linebacker spot in the class, and they got a commitment from Mikhail Sherman very early in the cycle, and Mikhail Sherman was rated as highly as anybody. Will Anderson, for the longest time, was like a top 130 recruit until his senior year eval after the All-American Games when he became a five-star but in the end, Georgia did try to put some heat on Will Anderson. They did try to sign him in the class and add him to the class since he was such a very special talent. He stayed with Alabama, even though lots of people and his family in that Dutchtown High School area around Hampton uh, really loved the dogs. That was a, I'm going to call it a miss because Georgia had some late energy on that one. 2022, Luther Burden, he chose his Missouri. Uh, Georgia at one point was 
decently in the mix there for Luther Burden. He ended up choosing Missouri. He's played fantastic. Uh, he was a five-star in the uh, 2022 cycle as well. You keep going down the board, 2023. Caleb Downs, we already mentioned him. Travis Hunter, another guy. He was committed to Florida State for the longest time. Then he flipped to Jackson State. Now he transferred to Colorado. Really, Travis was the number one corner in the country that year. Travis was also could have made the case that he might have been the number two or number three or number one receiver in the country that year. Uh, that was a miss there for Georgia. Georgia really wanted him. Another one of those things where Dion early stages of uh, incentives, you wonder about that recruitment. Another guy in 2019, Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton, I'll never forget it. Um, Kyle's probably the best safety prospect I've ever seen because you look at him now, he's an NFL All-Pro size and length. That's one thing Caleb Downs doesn't have. But pure safety, I give the nod. Best one I've ever seen to Caleb Downs. Safety prospect, one I've seen live. Um, while I've been a reporter covering this stuff for Dog Nation and covering high schools across the Southeast, Kyle Hampton's probably that dude. He went to Notre Dame. He was one of those guys I'll never forget. I saw the third clip on Kyle Hamilton's film where he had a redirect. He was sucked into play action. He still um, went back, covered his ground, retraced his steps, made a play on a deep ball. Kyle Hamilton went to Notre Dame. Uh, and then Mac Wilson. A little known story about Mac Wilson. I'm going to try and condense it a little bit, but – Mac, I've been told by a lot of people around that recruitment that Georgia was really close because Mac and Kirby were like this, um, one of the guys that Kirby had really recruited. And somebody really close to that recruitment told me about a year or so ago that if Kirby had had one season like 2017 under the books where he had proof that he could get it done in Athens, then Georgia probably would have pulled Mac Wilson out of Alabama. But that was him in his first recruiting cycle, in his first – time trying to pull Mac Wilson, and that's why Mac Wilson um, chose um, chose Alabama. Didn't have the track record at Georgia compared to the track record at Alabama, and now that's kind of what I think a guy like Kalen DeBoer is going to have to deal with recruiting against Kirby Smart and them dogs in the future. Those right there, guys, are the biggest misses I see of the Kirby Smart era in Athens. You know, what do you think? That, that's a good way – it's a good way to kind of segue into our question of the week here on Before the Hedge is brought to you by Kroger. What do you think is the biggest recruiting miss of the Kirby Smart era? I just gave you like, you know, one scientific way of looking at it, the way a reporter would look at it. I had to find these clarifiers and make it complicated the way all reporters and writers do. But when you think about which recruit was the biggest miss of the Smart era in your book, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to see your, um, I'd love to see your response. I'd love to see your thoughtful answer. Uh, in the comments section below. I'll be watching the show as well tonight as well. But what do you think is which recruit is the biggest miss of the Kirby Smart era? If I did have a answer prior to the Caleb Downs saga this past week, then I would have changed it because this, my friends, was a very big miss to miss on him twice. Uh, and, and Caleb is such a tremendous player. I think right now you ask me the biggest miss of the Kirby era in recruiting, and the dogs don't miss a lot, folks. They don't miss a lot at all. Uh, that one right there um, would probably be, probably in my mind's eye, in my book, that would be one of those. Guys, that's been your big five. You've already been fed the question of the week like it's coming out of the deli at Kroger. Um, now let's move on to kind of our weekly, we call it the bread and butter, the bread and butter aisle here of our Before the Hedges show brought to you by Kroger. Let's take a look right now. And, you know, one of the things we do each and every week is we try to take a look at things that are stagnant every class or stable every every week with the class something we try to give you we call them the table stakes salt and pepper shakers on your dinner table bo walker you heard from him earlier 
Elias Williams, Ethan Barbour. Elias was in there for junior day. So was Ethan Barbour. Florida State's coming hard for Elias Williams out of Camden County. Plays basketball. Right now, that's your breakdown on offense. Three commitments for the 25 class on offense. Let's take it. Take it. No special teams. We, and I, you know, Kaylee's going to be disappointed about this, but there will be no, probably no special teamers in the breakdown for this cycle. Um, the class breakdown on defense, Georgia had a recent decommitment from Tay Harris. Seems like this is the good part of our show to cover that. Tay Harris decommits from Georgia on a Sunday. Kirby Smart shows up at Cedartown High, home of the great Nick Chubb, uh, on Monday. Uh, I asked Tay, like, hey, man, why did you decommit? Because he's a Georgia boy from Cedartown, loves the dogs, offered early, committed early, whole family loves the dogs. He just told me kind of, kind of bluntly, kind of flat out, he didn't feel like he was a priority. And, you know, from doing this a lot of years, I think that's a very strong reason no matter who's recruiting you, if you're not feeling the love from the school compared to other schools, then maybe you need to reopen your recruiting process. And, you know, partially what's the blame there? Because I think Tay Harris is going to be a great player in the SEC. He's physical. Uh, he likes to strike people. He likes to strike blocks. He likes to take on receivers. Uh, he's got very good speed in the open field, 10.77, I think, in 100 meters. That's very fast for a safety. He's rated as a cornerback. Everybody's recruiting him as a safety. Um, but, you know, that's kind of makes a lot of sense to open it up when you don't feel the value from the current school you're committed to compared to other schools right there. Guys, that's your class breakdown there on defense for the 2025 class. Let's take a look at the snapshot each and every week. We have one of the prettiest graphics you can ever imagine, the 2025 recruiting snapshot. Now down to five commits. The class rank dropped from, I believe, number six to number eight nationally. Three offense, two defense, five of those guys are all in-state. All five of them are from the state of Georgia. Two offensive players among the five highest-rated commits. There's three among the highest, the ten highest-rated commits. There's only five. Five of those are in the SEC footprint. Georgia currently with two five-stars, two top 50s, three top 100s, four top 150 commits in this cycle. And now you've seen all those other slides, and now – you guys are probably frothing at the mouth. You want to see what the top targets look like? We've changed it up this week. First of all, not only have we got new names, we've expanded it out to 14, but we've also split up your top targets to two slides. Jared Smith, Kirby Smart went to see him. Let me, let me, let me just do this really quickly. People that the Kirby Carpenter and Kirby Smart have gone to see so far. Uh, he's, been to, he's been to see Isaiah Gibson and Warner Robbins. He's been to see Josh Petty, or at least Stacey Searles has. Ryan Montgomery is going to get a visit from Mike Bobo very shortly. We talked about that early in their show. Bryce Davis, I believe, Kirby was in to visit Bryce Davis uh, this week. I believe it was on Tuesday or earlier today. And Mason Short, he got a visit basically the day after he decommitted from Alabama. Jared Smith got a uh, visit as well. Uh, Anquan Newboy Figgins is also another prospect at Thompson High. Kirby Smart was there to visit Thompson on Monday, I believe. Those are your top early targets for 2025. Looking at all those names, uh, Jared's visited Georgia a lot, kind of going back to that first slide with the top early targets. Uh, Jared's visited Georgia a lot. Then you've got um, you know, a lot of guys there. I think Naeem Offord would be the, probably the hardest pull for Georgia right there at this time. And now your early targets, this is number one through seven, Julian Lewis. I think he drops a couple of slots there, currently still committed to USC. Cortez Smith, Juan Gaston, uh, Bo Walker even uh, shouted out Juan Gaston as well. Travis Smith Jr., 
Guys, I think Georgia is recruiting Travis about as well as they possibly can. They need to because I think that wide receiver role with a high school player like Travis Smith would be so helpful for quarterbacks to come, whether it's Ryan Puglisi, Gunnar Stockton, uh, Ryan Montgomery, Juju Lewis, Jared Curtis, on and on and on. Zayden Walker, he's visited Florida State recently. I believe he's going to visit Florida as well. Elijah Griffin as well. He's visiting Clemson. He's also going to visit uh, – He's also going to visit Florida as well. David Sanders Jr., he's going to visit Clemson, I believe, this weekend as well. Uh, The number one prospect on this board, the number one offensive tackle in the country. Guys, that has been your top early targets for 2025. How about that? What do you see? that? We've went through a lot of stuff on this show. We've kind of took a tour. We've tried to break in this brand-new studio. Got to be very, very thankful to the folks here at Cox Enterprises for giving us a wonderful new home. I feel like this is the air-conditioned doghouse of studios. Everybody knows Ugga's got one of those on Dooley Field. I feel like we've moved on up, kind of like the Jeffersons. How many pop culture references is this guy going to fit into this show? Uh, I'd like to send a special thanks to Jay Black, Kaylee Mansell, the marvelous Miss Mansell, and also Cody Chaffins for helping us put all this together. Great to have Cody with us in the control room. The man actually has Ace in his email address, and that's when you know that guy is cooking with gas when he's working with you on your show. Guys, that has been Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Try to give you guys a real good lap around all things Georgia football and Georgia football recruiting. I am Jeff Sintel. That has been your intel, and we'll see you guys again later on the pages of dognation.com. Let's go, I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who I'm picking? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important, trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life.